0: And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is Play by Play coming to you live here on this Monday. It's the start of a new week. It is postseason time in Southeast Louisiana. We're fired up. We've got all sorts of stuff to talk with you all about throughout the next 90 minutes. We cannot wait to give you a rundown and a recap of everything that happened in local football and also give you a rundown and a recap of where some things are going to shake out in terms of power rating numbers and what local teams potentially have to do to get in. But before first, before we do that, a reminder, we've got Brian Colley coming at 11.45. We've got the coach coming on in the next segment of the show. We'll be chatting with him about South LaFouche's Week 10 matchup against Vanderbilt and some other things that are happening on campus. Then at noon, we'll talk about the New Orleans Saints, we'll talk some LSU, maybe a little college. 12.30, weekend W's and L's. 12.45, betting picks, and then we're out of here on this Monday, the last day of October. It's Halloween. Who's going to be a ghost and a goblin and who's going to be getting the best candy tonight in our W's and L's that will remain to be seen. But we want to thank our sponsors, the Blue Boot Foundation, Bents RV, located on Highway 90 in Boutique, Southland Dodge in Homa. Industrial power systems for all your engine and generator needs because power is our middle name. Do friend building materials got you covered for all your roofing needs. Buzz off the only all natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. Rouse's markets feels like home. Golden Motors with prices priority, proudly supporting South Lafouche athletics and community youth sports organizations. In our high school scoreboard, we really didn't have. Really many results to add to this <clears throat> on uh, Friday because a lot of these games were played on Thursday. But I'll, if you didn't listen to Friday's show, I'll tell it to you again. We had Hanville defeat Central Lafouche 49-17. to That was on Thursday. On a Friday night, Destrehan. Whew, they roar past East St. John. 48-7. They win the district championship. Destrehan is a behemoth. They go into a Week 10 matchup with Thibodeau with some momentum. South Terrebonne on Thursday. Defeats HL Bourgeois 49-12. to Thibodeau on Friday, a game that I was actually at. They defeat Terreville forty-seven to 28 Who there was some pregame drama there as well. I'm not going to dive too, too much into that, um, but maybe Wednesday for the mailbag, because I saw a listener had sent a question about the ban situation, which I'll maybe talk about and touch upon a little later in the week. Thursday, Eleanor gets a 48-32 to win over South Lafouche. Lutcher gets a 72 to nothing win over Morgan City. Assumption defeats Vanderbilt 39 to 27. The one game here on the list that I want to touch on was a game that happened on Friday. EDY White gets a monstrous, huge, heck, I'll go Donald Trump on you all, huge win over Sam Houston. A, it's a win over a 5A opponent, a quality 5A opponent. B, You're going across the state and everything that happens with making a long road trip and all the challenges that come with that. C, you're playing without Jake Sternfels, who's lost for the season. Your starting quarterback goes down for the season during Thursday's walkthrough. He tears his ACL. He's no more for the rest of the year. So you get a backup. Little Gidrick kid comes in on the road, handles that offense, leads the team down the field. They score a couple of times enough to get the win. And then, you know, for a Cardinals team now, their D, the last point of it is they get big points that will be critical for seeding. E.D. White's got an outside shot of finishing number one in Division II select. Now, they've got to beat St. James to do it, obviously, but they're currently number four. They got St. James on Friday. That's an opportunity to earn a ton more points. If they win that game Friday, there's an outside shot. They could become number one in Division II select. And if not number one, they could certainly rise up and become number two. And seeding matters, bro. You want to avoid those big, you know, powerhouse programs as long as you can. That was a huge win for E.D. White. We had Kyle Lassang on the Saturday morning show, and he said, Hey, man, we're going on the road without our quarterback, without several other key pieces. We didn't know what to expect. Well, guess what? Your team's one of the best teams in the state of Louisiana, any classification. And it just goes to show, and again, I said this on Saturday, and I'll re-echo it now. There are some teams that win and have success in cycles. South Lafourche, Central Lafourche, Thibodeau, Terrebonne, like a lot of the Bayou teams, they win in cycles. When they have a talented senior group, they have a successful cycle, maybe when those kids are juniors and seniors. Then maybe... If the next senior group isn't as talented, maybe it takes a little bit of a dip. Look what happened down the bayou. You had just a phenomenal senior group all across the board, boys and girls last year. Austin Savoy, Dylan Prejean, Jackson uh, Otan, uh, Patrick Gisclair, uh, the Brody Petrie, just talented across the board. Ava Petrie, Madison Ryan, like... Unbelievable athletes, boys and girls, and every sport had success as a result. This year, it's a little bit of a smaller senior group athletically. Still some very talented, very good kids. I'm not knocking the kids that are seniors now, but there's not that same depth of talent. And as a result, I think football speaks for itself. They're struggling. I don't know what basketball is going to be capable of doing. Girls basketball is probably not going to be as skilled as they were in the past. It all goes in cycles. E.D. White right now is showing they're above the cycles. When you could have sustained success and be a very good football team without key pieces, when you could in the first game of the year go up on Vanderbilt 35-0 at halftime and then virtually play your JV the second half and still keep your shutout, you're just above the cycle at that point. You've just got a program, a program that's rolling, a program that is above the Jimmys and the Joes. Now, you need Jimmys and Joes, too. That's not what I'm saying. But a program that is going to be sustained and that is going to be annually six wins is the absolute least we're going to get. And in most years, it'll be seven, eight, nine wins. That's where E.D. White is right now. That was a huge win against Sam Houston for reasons which we'll explain in just a second. St. James defeats Berwick 61 to 47, and then Jenneret defeats CCA 22 to nothing. Now, this all spills over into the power rating projections, and these are according to Go Preps, which is our go to site. Hunter Bauer, a good friend, friend of the show, he's come on here before. In Division I, non select. Destrahan's currently the number four team in the state. They're going to be the highest ranked local team going in. East St. John, currently number eight. Again, they'll be in, they'll be you know at home in the opening round, all that good stuff. Hanville, number 16, they're going to make the playoffs. They're just going to depend on the seating for them. This is where it gets dicey at the bottom. Thibodeau's currently number 28, which is the last team that would get in. They're going to take on Destrehan on Friday. They're not likely to win. If they do win, they're going to easily make it, and they're going to improve their seating drastically. But they're not likely to win, which means they need to root for other teams to, to not win hope that they could hold their seed. Sam Houston, they're above Thibodeau. Thibodeau would like them to lose. Thibodeau would like Sanamont to lose. Thibodeau would like Ponchatoula to lose. Thibodeau needs all these teams around them to not have success on Friday if they're not successful in their matchup with Destrehan. Everybody else, Division I, locally, they're out. Terrebonne, South LaFouche, HL Central, they're all out. Division Two, locally. Lutcher's number eight. They're comfortably in. Cecilia, a lot of folks locally root for them. Dennis Gaines, they're comfortably in. They're 11th. Assumption's 22nd. They're likely in. But boy, they'd be well served to win and solidify that because I guess there's an outside shot that they could lose and potentially be bounced out. Ellender's at 31. If they beat Lutcher, they're in. If they lose, they're out. Ellender has a playoff game Friday against Lutcher. If they lose that game, they're not going to make it. So that's a win or go home game for Ellender. Division two, select. E.D. White's currently number four, but they're narrowly behind th- uh, one, two, and three. If they beat eight-win St. James on Friday, they're going to catapult De La Salle. They're going to catapult St. Thomas more. There's an outside shot they could catapult. They might be the number one team in the state. They certainly won't be the number four team in the state. So that's a huge opportunity for E.D. White to improve their seating and put themselves in a better position in the bracket potentially. Vanderbilt is currently 23. If they lose to South Lafouche on Friday, there's still an opportunity that they can make the playoffs because they've got a pretty nice cushion between themselves and number 25 Woodlawn and Shreveport. But boy, it would be too close for comfort. So Vanderbilt would really like to win, try to maybe move up a spot or two. Division three, Homer Christian's going to get in. The Christian Warriors are currently seated at 23 If they win, of course, they're going to get in. They've got to win one more game. They're taking on Fisher. That's a great opportunity for them to get a win. If they do that, they should get in. Then lastly, Division IV, CCA is going to make it. Um, They're 19th. They can't drop down below 24th, win, lose, or draw. So they're going to get in, and they're likely going to be 19th or 20th. So that's where the local teams sit. Then, of course, we told you earlier last week on the showdown matchup between Central Catholic and Vermilion Catholic. It was actually Vermilion Catholic who won that one 44-7. So they're now the number one team there and Central Catholic flip-flop with them. They're currently number two. So just an idea of where we're sitting. Week 10, Thibodeau, it's really close. Like if we're doing some election commentary, we would say that one's too close for comfort if they don't beat Destrahan, That one's too close for comfort. Ellender, it's cut and dry. You win, you're in, you lose, you're out. Assumption, you lose, you're probably 85, 90% still in, but if you win, you're certainly 100% in. Edu is playing for seating, a chance to move up. Vanderbilt, if you lose, it's going to be dicey. If you win, you're comfortably in. Homer Christian, you win, you're in. CCA, you're in no matter what. You're just trying to improve your seating. Everybody else locally that we didn't mention, you're not getting in. So week 10 will be interesting. You got teams trying to spoil other teams. You got, you know, teams are trying to improve themselves. It'll be fun to see how it all shakes out. Let's catch a break when we get back. Brian Colley, South Lafouche High School, will be joining us. It's play-by-play here on KLEB.
1: The French Connection, the
2: all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. There are a lot of reasons Tanner McGee spent the last seven years fighting for families in the legislature. But there are three that stand above the rest. Julia. Grace, and Kate. As a father of triplet girls, Tanner believes the most important things we can give our children is a loving home and a safe community. That's why he served in the legislature and why with over a decade of legal experience, Tanner McGee will be a judge our families can depend on. Pay for by the friends of Tanner McGee.
5: There are over 3,600 RV dealerships in North America, and just over 1% of those earn the prestigious Top 50 Dealer Award. Benz RV is proud to be in that 1%. Being a Top 50 dealer takes dedication to our customers, offering the best RV brands in the market, great service, and a huge parts selection. Our goal at Bens RV is to enhance customer experiences through our commitment to customer satisfaction. Come on over to Bens RV to experience a Top 50 dealer or visit us at BenzRV.com.
6: Thibodeau Regional, again acknowledged for delivering an outstanding patient experience by Healthgrades. While we may be the recipient of the award, our patients are the real winners because you can have confidence in the quality of care you'll receive. Thibodeau Regional Health System, proud to be among the top 10% of hospitals in the nation and the only hospital in Louisiana recognized by Healthgrades for providing an outstanding patient experience 14 years in a row.
7: Heather Hendricks here, your candidate for Lafouche Parish Judge Division A. Everyone votes in this race from the Fouchon to the St. John community, up, down, and across the bayou. I've been your prosecutor for eight and a half years, trying over 100 jury and judge trials with federal, state, and local experience. Before practicing law, I was an eighth grade teacher in the public schools for 11 years. So remember, Heather Hendricks for Judge. Early voting begins October 25th, and the election is November 8th. Paid for by the committee to elect Heather Hendricks.
0: It is Halloween here on the Bayou. It is also play-by-play until 1 o'clock. Casey Justclair here. We go to the phone lines for the first time today. South LaFouche Athletic Director Coach Brian Colley is on the line. Coach, good morning, man. How are you? Hey, Coach, are uh, you with us? Well, we're having a hard time with the coach here. Let's see. I'm going to try to make some things happen. Coach Collie, do you hear us? Okay, Uh, Coach, stand by. I'm going to have to go get Buddy Miller to to fix the phone issue. I don't know what's going on. But, yeah, we're going to have Coach Brian Colley here on play-by-play. Let me take a quick commercial break. I'll be right back. Coach, stay on the line. We're going to have you in just a second. Here it's play-by-play. We're going to get Coach Colley out of this break having a technical issue. We'll be right back after this.
8: I am a native of Lafourche Parish, born in Thibodeau. I am an attorney. My law office is on Bayou Lafourche in Raceland. I have been practicing law for 40 years. I have been a tough advocate for all my clients. I will be firm and fair as your judge. Early voting is October 25th through November 1st. Election day is November 8th. I am number 60 on the ballot. Please vote for me. Paid for by the committee to elect Rebecca Robichaud.
0: All right, sorry about that. It is play-by-play on KLB. Now we go back to the phone lines and we see if we got Coach Brian Colley, South LaFouche. Coach, good morning, man. How are you? Good
11: morning. Doing well. How are you doing? All
0: right, good, good. Well, I was doing much better a minute ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we, we've got some things sorted out. We wanted to have you on to talk about, uh, you know, the football season. We're heading to Week 10. The Tarpons are taking on Vanderbilt. One last opportunity. Look, I said in the open of the show, this is a chance for South LaFouche to maybe – um get some confidence get a little momentum but also for Vanderbilt they have to win if they want to solidify their spot so it may not be a game with playoff implications for the Tarpons but indirectly it is you got a chance to maybe knock someone out or take some momentum it's a big matchup on Friday for the Tarpons against Vanderbilt
11: Yeah look you you, you want to finish all the season on a positive note for the Tarpons and uh you know if you do so you you can knock a team out of the playoffs possibly but you uh you want to finish on that strong note so you can have some momentum going into the offseason and send your, your seniors out on, in their last game with a victory. So, Tauberts still have a lot to play for.
0: You're facing a Vanderbilt team that um, has maybe underperformed a little bit. I know they had huge expectations coming in, but it's not been a, as strong of a year as they thought. But, boy, they still got a really, really good back uh, backfield guy out there, and Jalen Coleman. He's one heck of a running back. I know it'll be a big point of emphasis for the tarpons to try to slow him down, yeah,
11: and then you look at the terriers, their schedule—they played a tough, very tough schedule. And uh, just watching a little film on them, you can see uh, their playmaker Coleman. They want to get him the football, and they do. They're very creative at times, and they get him the ball out in space. Sometimes just out the backfield, and uh, they do a good job, you know, trying to get him the ball and as many touches as possible. And uh, you, you cannot forget. You know, if you put all your attention on Coleman, they got receivers and a quarterback that can also beat you, to, uh, you know, with the the passing. So the Tarpons are going to have their hands full trying to slow down that, that offense in Vanderbilt. And uh, on our offense, you know, hopefully we can continue uh, moving the ball like we're doing. And uh, you, you may look for a, a high-scoring game on Friday night.
0: Carson Ogeron was huge on Thursday. Had uh, accounted for more than 500 yards of offense and multiple touchdowns. And look, he's got some weapons. You know, Curell's had a great season. Sanamo and Kale and Titan Alamon got one. And, you know, the Bergs. And, you know, they've got a very prolific offense. We'd be curious to see, you know, facing a very aggressive Vanderbilt defense. That was the one thing that I noted in the game that I saw. They're blitzing and they're putting a pressure on you. Be curious to see if the Tarpons handle that pressure that Vanderbilt's going to bring.
11: Yeah, and look, uh, Vanderbilt's been giving up a few points. But, again, like I said earlier, their their schedule is tough. And... You look on the the other hand, our defense we given up. I think it's like forty one points a game, yep. and that, you know that's just way that's way too much. But you know, hopefully we can slow down Vanderbilt on on Friday night and try and uh, slow Coleman down and limit his touches. And again, you know, it just comes back gang tackling, and when you're in position to make the play, you're gonna have to make it.
0: Volleyball is heading towards the postseason. I believe the brackets are gonna drop really any minute now. If I'm not mistaken. Um, give us a rundown of the lady tarpons man i don't i don't know how their bracket works i'm not sure if they'll be home or away but we do know that they're going to be in the postseason
11: yeah uh, we the brackets came out we uh, ended up 14 uh and i think we end up drawing Ellen the uh first round first round is the home playoff game for us so um uh, you know it's unfortunate that you know the the gym's still not ready but uh i'm not sure it, i think you got to play the game by thursday so I'm probably looking maybe Wednesday. We'll try and get that first round. I'm sure Coach Jeremy is going to try for Wednesday to get that first round playoff game in. Let's
0: talk about this. You know, you said they're playing Ellender. That's a team that they beat a couple of times earlier in the season, but I believe Ellender also beat them once. When you're getting into a postseason situation, would you rather? I mean, obviously, I know that if you're on the road, you'd rather play somebody closer to home. But if you're at home and somebody's coming to you, would you rather face a team from Timbuktu that you don't know anything about that you can maybe do some research, or would you rather face somebody you're familiar with, but then on the flip side to that, they're maybe familiar with you? Do you rather the unknown, or do you rather you know fight the devil that you know? Kind of.
11: I'd have to say the unknown because uh, you go back to – we had the same situation with basketball last year where it was looking like we were very close matching up to playing South Terrebonne. We had beat South Terrebonne twice early in the year. And I really didn't want to play him a third time because, you know, like just say, it's tough to beat a team three times in a season. But uh, and, and I was talking to Coach White after. He didn't want to play us also. Uh, just, you know, we know each other. And I just try to play somebody different. And it didn't work out for us. But uh, I, I'd much rather most of the time the unknown.
0: Okay. I got you. Let's talk a little college football: LSU in Alabama this coming Saturday. Um, Big matchup is going to likely decide the SEC West. LSU, I don't think, is all the way to that elite level. But you've been telling me throughout the course of the year that you have some serious reservations about Alabama. Man, how do you see this one? Jaden Daniels is playing well. Alabama is, you know, kind of struggling coming in, though they did beat Mississippi State handily. Should be a fun one in Tiger Stadium, though. The Crimson Tide are two touchdown favorite.
11: Yeah, it, it, I, I have no clue how this game is going to play out. Uh, I can see it being really close, and I can, I can see it being a 14, 20-point uh, game also. But, uh, you know, is playing well right now, and, uh, you know, Coach Brian Kelly and his staff, they got it rolling. They're playing some good football, and they're at home, and I, I think that's going to make a a difference. But uh, Alabama, you know, they, they're going to have to tackle, and they got to stop the run, first of all, and they're going to have to contain Daniels somehow like a lot of teams are having trouble doing so they have their hands full and I think Alabama can score on the Tigers just they're gonna have to we're gonna have to definitely keep up
0: yeah and look Vegas agrees they say over under 58 points so they think it'll be a game where both teams are going to be able to score on the other um man I gotta ask you this you know Tennessee's playing Georgia on Saturday and that's a matchup of number one versus number two which would be a huge game. Georgia's favored by nine, and they're at home, so I I maybe understand that. But boy, I got to tell you, when I watch the two teams play, I think Tennessee's much better than Georgia is. Look, they score; their defense is starting to get very good. Look, the plus nine for me with the Volunteers—that feels like a pretty safe bet. I think Tennessee is going to be running with Georgia stride for stride. I don't think anything that they've done so far this year is a fluke at all.
11: No, you're right. And look, I'm I'm not sold on on Georgia right now. uh, yeah, I think Tennessee's offense. I think it's gonna just be uh, too powerful. They seem they can score at well. I mean, they can, quick striking plays or they can drive down the field. Uh, I just think Tennessee's uh, offense is a little bit too much right now for for Georgia.
0: Road and New Orleans Saints played super well yesterday. They shut out Las Vegas 24 to nothing. Finally, we saw some glimpses of that Saints defense of old. They were getting pressure, getting sacks. The offense, though they only scored 24, they were in complete control of the game, getting first downs, possessing the football. Uh, Dalton got Alvin Kamara involved in the passing game, nine catches, 96 yards. Um, it felt like, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe it's a coincidence, maybe they were just fa- facing Las Vegas on a bad day or whatever, but it felt like the decision that Dennis Allen made last week of, hey, we're going with Dalton, just kind of allowed everybody to exhale. It looked like the guys were having fun, they were playing free, weren't looking over their shoulder. And I think that'll be good for the team going forward just to know who the, the captain is and who the general is going forward.
11: Yeah, and look, I really think everyone on that team uh, agrees with a decision, Dalton over Winston. And when I say everyone, I'm including Winston also, because uh, you look at Winston on the sideline, he's one of the biggest cheerleaders, and, uh, and he's definitely a team player. And it goes to show you if you don't turn the ball over and you get turnovers, good things are going to happen for you. And uh, it finally clicked uh yesterday for the saints
0: you got baltimore on monday night football next monday and you're only a game out of first in your division but it is going to be a brutal stretch coming up after baltimore you got the steelers that's a pretty manageable game but then you got rams and 49ers and bucks and like it's going to get tough here coming home you still got to play the eagles on the road as well can the saints pull this off man can they win the nfc
11: south look I, i think they can because of the other teams the way uh they're playing right now in that division, uh a nine nine and eight season this year that might win it or even a eight and nine, the way things are going could possibly uh win that division's party. So yeah, I think they could this year, any other year, I would say absolutely not. But if they can get hot right now and get some confidence and somehow uh get a win on Monday night and come back and beat the Steelers and that tough stretch that's coming up, you're playing with a little more confidence. And Dalton's going to have a few more games under his belt with the Saints. So hopefully uh, they can ride that wave and you know, get a, win a division. That's the only chance they're going to have to get in any any playoff.
0: Man, you know, I saw Tony Clark on Friday at the Thibodeau and Terbone game. And he was telling me like, hey, man, you coming to my jamboree, right? And I was asking him when it was, and he was telling me it's next week. It's crazy to think like that's already right on our doorstep, man. Basketball is right around the corner and I can't wait. I can't wait to be in the gym. Might be a little bit more bittersweet for you, but I'm sure even you're looking forward to catching some games and watching some action too.
11: Yeah, I am. I'm looking forward to getting in the gym and seeing uh, different teams play, you know, and, uh, but it's going to be a little tough for me, like you said, but, uh, you know, I'm going to adjust to it as uh, the season goes on and, Hopefully I can get in the gym and see as many games
0: as I can. Very good. But well, look, my friend, I heard the bell. Let you get back to your class. Thanks so much for the time, Padna. Appreciate it. Thanks
11: for having me. Have a good one. Yep, you too.
0: That's Coach Brian Kyler. We apologize for that technical issue. We had to reset our phones. We're having a little bit of a phone problem here in the studio, but we've got that taken care of, and we're good for the rest of the show. let a break when we get back here on Play by Play. I'll tell you my thoughts as the Saints get a 24 to nothing win over Las Vegas. And then at 12.15, we'll talk some college football, 12.30, W's and L's, and then the bottom of the show, our picks, and then we're out of Dodge. It's play-by-play on KO Libia. We'll be right back after this.
12: Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Friend building materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called dofriend Easy Buy? Come see us at dofriendlumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bellchase, Araby, Slidell, Golfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference.
9: Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear, Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally-owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic, Organic ingredients safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control. Safe. Effective. Guaranteed.
13: Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your State Farm agent has your back, too. Through good times and the not-so-good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right.
6: Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988.
0: Saints played by far their best game of the season on Sunday, rolling past the Las Vegas Raiders 24 to nothing. It's play-by-play play here on KLEB. Look, I was watching this one while building the newspaper over at our Gazette offices in Raceland, and I was taken back by what I was seeing. Look, not, I'm not that I'm surprised that the Saints won. I thought it was a toss-up game. But the fact that they won decisively, the fact that they played clean football for the first time this season, Then turn it over. The fact that up front defensively, they were doing whatever they wanted to do. They were beating up on Derek Carr, possessing the football nearly 35 minutes of possession. This is more of what I expected all along, right? Like I didn't think the Saints would be a Super Bowl contender this season, and I still don't think that they're going to be. But I this is what I expected their identity to be, a team that's going to just be very physical They're going to line up, and over the course of a 60-minute game, they're going to try to you know, grate your ass into submission. That's what I expected the Saints to be throughout the course of the year, but we hadn't seen it. They were a team that was actually – they were the ones getting beat up physically at times this year, but on Sunday, they delivered the decisive blows throughout the course of the game, and they were more physical. They were the team that was dominating up front, and they get a win. Now, what does this change for New Orleans? Well, anytime you get a win in the NFC South, you're likely going to better your position because your division is terrible. Atlanta is 4-4 four and four on the season. They're in first place. Tampa Bay's 3-5. New Orleans is 3-5. Carolina's 2-6. The matchup Monday, coming up, not tonight, but the following Monday against Baltimore, is going to be huge. Huge. By far, bar none the biggest game of the season for the Saints is gonna be Monday night because y'all the difference between being four and five and being three and six at the midway point of the season is huge it is a huge difference you're four and five you're saying all right bet you know we went a couple in a row we're back above 500 we're where we need to be. You dropped a three and six, a three-game winning streak, which is really damn hard to do in the NFL. Even a three-game winning streak just gets you back to 500, and it feels like you're really chasing. You're at home. You're facing Lamar Jackson. It's a game you're not expected to win. You're not supposed to win. The opening line right now is Ravens minus three, so the Ravens are actually favored to win the game. You're going to have to try to run down a very fast, very shifty quarterback, running quarterbacks have given the Saints problems over the years. That's going to be the biggest game to this point of the season for New Orleans. Because if you're 4 and 5, as coach Colley said in the last segment, you could then say, "All right, we're going to beat Pittsburgh on the road." That's 5 and 5. And then who knows? You go play the Rams, 49ers, but maybe you get hot, you win a few of those, you're sitting at 7 and 6, and you're in a good spot. You lose to the Ravens, all right. Then that Steeler game becomes a trap game, and you know even if you win, you're four and six. And then you're home might lose to the Rams. It's four and seven at four nines is a loss. Four and eight, like it could snowball very quickly for momentum purposes. You got to get this one against Baltimore, by far the biggest game of the season. Because while yes, you are just one game out. You've still got a whole lot of meat left on the bone, which is your schedule. You got a lot of tough matchups coming up. And if you are, you know, a Saints team that's trying to sneak in, it's got to happen now. It's got to happen now because looking down the road, you're going to be the ones facing the Browns later in the year when Deshaun Watson will be back in the lineup. You're the ones who are going to be going out. At Philadelphia, maybe the best team in the NFC, you're going to be going over there later in the year. Like, coming home, you can't count on a whole lot of things. At Tampa, that's going to be difficult. They beat you once already. At San Francisco, at Cleveland, at Philadelphia, you got a lot of games that probably aren't in coin tosses coming home, right? They're probably 60-40 that you don't get them. So this one here at home against Baltimore, it's kind of sort of as a coin toss. There may be a slight favorite. You got to flip this one for you. Biggest game of the year for New Orleans. Now what I saw in the field besides the dominance up front, Andy Dalton's getting Alvin Kamara involved. That's the one thing Jameis Winston didn't do. He was, instead of looking to make the plays at the line of scrimmage, throw it to Kamara in space, let him work. Winston was throwing the ball 70 yards down the field trying to complete passes that weren't there, trying to make big things happen. That's not sustainable. In the first two games of the year with Winston in the lineup, uh, Kamara had uh, 19 receiving yards in the two games that he played with Winston in the lineup. That don't work. That don't work. Since then, they're getting it to him out of the backfield. They're, they're, They're throwing the passes to him. He had nine catches yesterday. And a lot of different things are happening for New Orleans' offense, which is statistically now one of the better offenses in the NFL. We've got breaking news. I got to sidetrack myself here, got to get a little bit derailed here. I wanted to talk all NFL in this segment, but sometimes you got to uh, shift your plans. Auburn has fired their football coach, Brian Harson. That news just broke. Pete Thamel of USA today broke it first. Auburn is struggling and they're going to owe their coach $15 million in buyout money, half of which is due in 30 days. Um, When in history, and maybe Jim Harbaugh is the only exception to this, when in history has there been a situation where a school was publicly thinking about firing their coach, but then opts against it and brings him back, that it actually works out? I'm thinking off the top of my head. LSU, Les Miles was out the door. They bring him back in the door. Three games into the next season, he's done. Scott Frost at Nebraska. Last year, oh man, he's on the hot seat, blah, blah, blah. They give him another year. Two, three games into the year, he's done. Adios. Now, Harson. Auburn wanted to get rid of Brian Harson last year, they didn't want the stink of we got rid of our coach after the first season. They didn't want that stigma. They didn't want that, that odor that comes with getting rid of a guy after one year, so they brought him back. They knew after the third game this year now, they let this linger to eight games, but they knew after the third game, whenever Penn State beat them 41-12, they knew it was over. They knew it was over then. Now, he survived, maybe bought a little bit of time, getting a lucky win over Missouri, 17-14 to 14 in overtime. Since then, they ain't won since. Blew a 17-0 lead, lost to LSU, got killed by Georgia, got beat up by Ole Miss, got beat up by Arkansas on Saturday, and he's done. And now Auburn will be with Nebraska and with some of the other programs around the country that are going to be some of the attraction jobs in the offseason. So we'll see what Auburn could get. But I just, as I got that note there, I had to mention to you that Harson is no longer. Uh, for the Auburn Tigers, he has been relieved of his duties. We'll see if they can maybe find a little spark and finish up the year strong. Now, in regards to the Saints kind of shifting back there, what I think you're going to start seeing now, and I don't think this is an indictment on, I'm an indictment maybe the wrong word, I don't think that this is a positive statement, what I'm about to say, though it may lead to positive results on the field. Team has a clear starting quarterback. Andy Dalton will be that guy. Team's playing with a little vibe. Playing pretty good. I bet you the house. In the next 7 to 14 days, we'll see Michael Thomas back. And we'll see some of these other injured players get back. And I don't know if it'll be good or bad for the team. But they'll play, and they'll probably have success because, look, Michael Thomas is a great player. I can't take that from him. I could question his character, but I can't question his ability. And then as we get to the meat of the schedule, Rams, 49ers, bucks if it starts to go south and if it starts to sink again, there'll be another phony injury that'll finish him for the year. Call me crazy. Say that I'm a conspiracy theorist. Say that I'm a bad dude. Say that I'm, you know... Poking fun at somebody's actual injury. That may be right. Michael Thomas might actually be injured. I have my huge suspicions about that. But I'm telling you now, in the next few weeks, he's going to be back because things are going well now. And then if they sour again further, there will be an additional injury that will do him in for the rest of the year. I'm telling you that's what's going to happen. That's not how it goes. Whenever the year ends in January, I'll eat the crow. I'll say I was wrong. But mark my words, Michael Thomas is about to be back in the Saints lineup and on the field. That'll make them better. But we'll see if that locker room, that little spark that they've seemed to create, that little passion where they're all playing together, we'll see if that lingers when you let some of the bad apples back into the bunch. It's play-by-play on KLEB. When we get back, we'll talk some college football. It's a big college football weekend, even with LSU off. Talk about that in the next segment. It's play-by-play on KLEB.
1: You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow. The French Connection, the all-new Ragin' Cajun, 102.7
2: FM. As a father of triplet girls, State Representative Tanner McGee defended our conservative family values in the legislature. Now, he wants to bring those same values to the Court of Appeal. A respected attorney with over a decade of legal experience, Tanner McGee will be a judge who upholds the Constitution, defends the rule of law, and protects our families from violent criminals, just like he protects his own. Tanner McGee for Judge. Paid for by the Friends of Tanner McGee.
15: When you order curbside pickup on the new Rousers Shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store.
0: S.U. was off on saturday, Tulane was off on saturday, which allowed me the opportunity to actually, you know, just kind of sit down and stress-free watch the games on the TV without having much rooting interest. And boy, I got some things to say. First and foremost, I'll say this. I think the three best teams in the country are all in the SEC. I think Georgia, Tennessee and Alabama in any any particular order are the three best teams in the country. Georgia rolled past Florida and didn't even really particularly play well. They got a 42-20 to 20 win. Alabama was off. We know what they're capable of doing and the leg legacy and the lineage and everything of that sort. Tennessee's the one I want to talk about. And I know that polls and stuff don't matter and that if you win all your games, you get where you need to go and the cliches. and I get all that. How in the hell could pollsters in both the coaches poll where Tennessee's ranked third and in the AP poll where Tennessee's ranked in a tie for second with Ohio State? How in the hell could we have watched college football throughout the entire course of this season and not say that that's the number one team in the country? They blew out Kentucky who was in the top 25 coming into the game. 44 to 6. Blew them out. Was not competitive. That's a team that owns a win over Alabama this season. That's a team that LSU's now in the top 20. They kicked their ass 40 to 13. It's a team that beat Florida who at the time of the game was in the top 25. Now I don't think Florida's any good, but in at that time they were in the top 25. It's a team that beat Pittsburgh at the time of that game. It was in the top 25. They have one, two, three, four, five wins out of their eight against teams that were at the time ranked in the top 25. What has Georgia done to warrant being number one? Yeah, they beat the hell out of Oregon since that time. They struggled against Kent State, barely beat Missouri. And the... Five wins over teams in the top 25 that we talked about for Tennessee, Georgia has one. So we'll find out on Saturday, I guess, because the two teams are going to face one another. But I just can't escape the feeling that Las Vegas has this one all wrong. And Las Vegas is rarely ever wrong. That's why I'm nervous to even say this. But is a nine-point favorite on Saturday. That's a lot. And I just can't escape the feeling that Tennessee is one of those transcendent offenses that's going to score on any defense that they face, which means that it'll put the onus on Stetson Bennett to try to score 35, 40 points, 45 points on Saturday. And we all know all of us who follow college football very closely, there are some times where Stetson Bennett is a stinker. There's a reason why Stetson Bennett is 25, 26 years old playing college football, whatever his age is. Because he ain't good enough to go to the NFL early. Stetson Bennett threw two interceptions against Florida on Saturday, 50% completions. If this game becomes a shootout, if this game becomes a track meet, Georgia's going to get their ass kicked. If this is a more under control time of possession, 24 to 21 type game, Georgia has a much better chance. But if Tennessee's running wild and the onus will be on Georgia to score every time they get the ball, that ain't going to work. That's not the way they operate. Alabama was able to run with Tennessee, they were able to make it you know, 48 to 45 or whatever the heck the score was there. Georgia's not the same type of team. They won't be able to do that. And I just think, and again, I'm going against the green. I'm going against the sports books. I just think after watching a lot of college football this year, that it's crazy to make Tennessee a nine-point underdog against anybody. Against anybody. And that's one that I'm going to be taking up front. I'll tell you a Friday pick for my Friday show right now. I'm taking Tennessee plus nine against Georgia. And I might even be taking them with the money line. Sprinkle a little bit of that in there, too. Also, on Saturday, something that was apparent to me is some of these teams that are in contention to make the college football playoff are not really that good. Like the gap, but, and we look, we as SEC fans, we get enamored by, you know, LSU's good, but they're not all the way elite. Ole Miss is good, but they're not at the highest level. Like, we get enamored by who's the best team in the SEC. Guess what? There are a lot of teams in the SEC, LSU being one of them, Ole Miss being another one of them, maybe like Mississippi State, Kentucky, some of those teams too who would be firmly in play at winning the conference in any other conference. I watched Michigan and Michigan State play on Saturday. Michigan's the number four team in the country. They're 8-0. LSU would beat Michigan into submission. Michigan could not run with LSU. And if Michigan makes the college football playoff and has to run into a Georgia or a Tennessee or an Alabama, that betting line better be 20. Let's start at 20. Because these other teams in these other conferences, they just don't run the same way that the SEC teams do. If you watch the game side by side, and I actually had the luxury of doing this on Saturday. I had it was, um, what game was it? It was Michigan and Michigan State on one half, and I believe it was Auburn and Arkansas on the other half. They were both early games. It was some SEC game on the left screen, some you know Big Ten matchup on the right screen. The speed gap between the conferences is so apparent. The guys in the SEC are playing at NFL speed. Like think back to the 2019 LSU offense: Burrow, Chase, Jefferson, Moss, Edward Zilair. Those are all, with the exception of Moss, those are bona fide dudes that are like right now playing in the NFL and are excelling. That's multiple guys. Then you got teams like Alabama in that era. Oh, you got Tua and Waddle, and like again, multiple guys who are not just on rosters but who are excelling on rosters these other teams the michigans of the world the utahs of the world these other teams tcu they have like one or two whereas the sec teams have five or six and it's just a different speed that was the most telling takeaway from my college football viewing experience this weekend ohio state's kind of impressive they've got some dudes You know, they've got guys, they've got some of that Southern speed. But everybody else, Michigan, TCU, I even watched a little Oregon. We saw what Georgia did to them. USC doesn't even attempt to play defense. Utah, Kansas State. Those teams could not run with the teams in the South. Not even remotely could they run with the teams in the South. And it just goes to show, you know, we talk often about an expansion of the college football playoff, and they're going to grow it, I believe, to 12 is the number that they're going to set. It's going to be like an old NFL playoff where it's going to be a couple of brackets of six and some teams look at buys and everything of the sort. And the rest of the country truly believes that that will give them a better opportunity to start prying these championships away from the SEC But yet all of us in the South know what the reality of that's actually going to be. Because right now I'm looking at the top 12. And I'm seeing that that would mean that it would be Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, and Ole Miss all getting in with LSU on the outskirts with a chance to get in. And every one of those teams that I just listed would beat every single other team that would be in those headings other than maybe Ohio State. LSU would pummel TCU into submission. Ole Miss, number eleven in the country, they would roll past Michigan. The Southern speed is just unlike any other. And please spare me. I know often you know a team like a Michigan or a team like a you know a TCU or whatever they'll beat an SEC team in a bowl game. Give me a break the SEC teams are not happy nor excited to be in bowl games unless if it's a college football playoff game. That may sound like a cop-out, but it is what it is. Because in this conference, in the last 25 years, LSU, Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, and whoever else I may be forgetting have all won national championships. There are a lot of programs in this conference that winning eight games gets your coach fired. In every other conference in the country, if you win eight games every single season, you've got a job for life. And that was apparent to me as I was watching Saturday with no LSU to pay attention to is just how wide that gap is. Watching Tennessee play offense, then watching Michigan play offense. It's like two different sports. Tennessee, it's warp speed. You know, guys are flying all over the place. They're running passes and short passes and getting on the ball. Michigan, it's like watching a game from the seventies, trying to pound that rock and or that 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 rock into the brick wall over and over again and hoping that it breaks. That gap is huge, and in the college football playoff, I think the SEC is going to be poised to dominate again, with the exception of maybe Ohio State. Who's probably the only hope for the entire rest of the country. Let's catch a break. When we get back, W's and nails are coming your way. It is play by play on Kaylee We'll be right back after this.
1: The French connection, the all new raging Cajun 102.7 FM.
8: Hi, I am Rebecca Robichaud. I am a native of LaFouche parish born in Thibodeau. I am an attorney. My law office is on Bayou Lafouche in Raceland. I have been practicing law for 40 years. I have been a tough advocate for all my clients. I will be firm and fair as your judge. Early voting is October 25th through November 1st. Election day is November 8th. I am number 60 on the ballot. Please vote for me. Paid for by the committee to elect Rebecca Show.
5: There are over 3,600 RV dealerships in North America, and just over 1% of those earn the prestigious Top 50 Dealer Award. Bence RV is proud to be in that 1%. Being a Top 50 dealer takes dedication to our customers, offering the best RV brands in the market, great service, and a huge parts selection. Our goal at Bens RV is to enhance customer experiences through our commitment to customer satisfaction. Come on over to Bens RV to experience a Top 50 dealer or visit us at BenceRV.com.
9: Guaranteed.
12: Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about DoFriend building materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called DoFriend Easy Buy? Come see us at dofriendlumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Golfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Friend difference.
6: Thibodeau Regional Health System was recently named one of the nation's 50 top cardiovascular hospitals by IBM Watson Health. This award for delivering the best quality and most cost-effective heart and vascular care is important. Why? Because high-quality heart care close to home is not only convenient, it's life-saving. When it comes to matters of the heart, choose the experts at Thibodeau Regional.
3: For
0: everybody's favorite segment on a Monday, that is our W's and our L's. We want to thank Brian Colley for his time earlier in the show, and now let's dive right into it. Our weekend W's and L's from the weekend that was the first weekend W goes to Ben Gidry of ED White football without quarterback Jake Sternfels in the lineup. Gidry didn't have any time to prepare with the starting offense. Coach Lesang said on Saturday, maybe five minutes or reps after Sternfels went down. He leads the team on the road across the state against Sam Houston. They get a 21 to 14 victory. Gidry operated the offense with a little bit of a condensed playbook, and they get a big, big win. Ben Gidry, if you're listening, shout out, salute to you. As Taylor Griffin would say, <laughs> high fives and fizz bumps. Gidry gets a W for his performance. A weekend L, and it's becoming a weekly weekend L. Jimbo Fisher and the Texas A&M Aggies, they fall again on Saturday, 31-28. to 28. They're now 3-5 and five on the season. Jimbo did some shenanigans this past week. He suspended several freshmen for apparently smoking pot in the locker room. He ducked his production meeting with ESPN, said, oh, yeah, you know, we're focused on the game, nothing else, blah, 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 laser focus. His team did play better offense. Connor Wegman, a freshman, actually played well, 338 yards passing. But at the end of the day, it's another loss for the Aggies, who now got to figure out a way to get two wins coming home, but they're not going to go to a bowl game at all. Texas a m is 3-5. and five. This is a team that had national championship aspirations, and now they would just be happy to finish 500 on the year. It's a rough-going college station, but you love to see it. A weekend W goes to Tony Pollard of My Dallas Cowboys with Ezekiel Elliott out of the lineup. Tony Pollard showed that he is a monster back there. 14 carries, 131 yards rushing, three touchdowns. He also caught a pass for 16 yards. Pollard looked every bit like the number one running back for a Cowboys offense that was very explosive Got more than 400 yards, scored 49 points against the Chicago Bears. Good job, Tony Pollard. Weekend L goes to the Detroit Lions. Look, they're trying hard. They're 1-6. They, they're and six. They're the Lions. They, we're used to them being bad. But the Lions play the same game every single Sunday. How many times this year have they blown games late? They had a lead on the Dolphins. They blew it late. They're one and six. They've lost one, two, three, four games by five points or less. They could just as easily be above 500, but Dan Campbell and his crew just can't break the ice. He said it after the game. I know you guys are tired of hearing it, but we're close. You're right, coach. We are tired of hearing it. At some point when you lose close games consistently over and over and over again, as a coach, that's on you. That's on you. Your guys are getting you to the fourth quarter with a chance. You got to do something to finish the deal. They did not finish the deal. The Dolphins rally back and beat Detroit, and the Lions get an L. Weekend W goes to the defense for the New Orleans Saints, and this actually might be the most impressive W on the list. I look, I give these out. They're not in any particular order, but this might be the most uh, impressive W on the list. New Orleans. Defended 56 snaps on Sunday against the Raiders and only allowed 183 yards. That's 3.3 yards per play. That's astounding. That's great work. The Saints were sacking Carr. They were stopping the run. 13 carries for 38 yards allowed. And probably the most impressive thing that New Orleans did throughout the course of the game. They didn't commit any stupid penalties. How often, and Coach Colley talks about this all the time, How often do you see teams just line up, just chuck it 40 yards down the field, knowing, hey, we'll either catch this or they're going to sling us to the ground and we'll get a penalty. New Orleans avoided those mistakes on Sunday. As a team, they only had 27 penalty yards. When you don't turn it over and when you don't shoot yourself in the foot committing penalties, the game becomes a much easier game to win. And New Orleans' defense, they had been asleep throughout most of the year But they woke up in a big way. They get the goose egg. They shut out Las Vegas, and they get a big Weekend W. Kudos to New Orleans for taking care of business there. Weekend L goes to the Rams. The Rams won the Super Bowl, y'all, but I got to tell you, they don't look like a very good football team this season. They're now 3-4, and and they're just kind of stuck. Like They don't run the ball. They don't have the receivers and the weapons that they used to have. Their defense is kind of getting older and isn't as good. It just looks stuck. And then more important than that is, remember early in Sean McVay's career, like he kind of got a reputation for not being all that liked because he was kind of a, how can I say this, Cajun French word here, was kind of a chalk on the sidelines. He was running around and having fun and very cocky, very arrogant. He seems way more reserved now. Like, he doesn't look like he's having that same joy nor passion. And look, there were the rumors in the offseason. With as young as McVay is, there were rumors he wanted to retire. That he doesn't want to coach, you know, beyond his 40s and 50s and get into his six. Like, he doesn't want to be an old man coaching. And just kind of shows. Like, they're not playing freely. They don't look like they're having fun. 49ers blasted them on Sunday. Second time this year that the 49ers blasted them. It was 31-14. to 14. It really wasn't even that close. McCaffrey's running wild. It's a Rams offense that just looks lost. They just look stuck in the mud, and they get a, an, an L for the weekend because I don't know how you fix it. Weekend W goes to the Minnesota Vikings. If I polled 100 NFL fans and asked them to tell me the Vikings record, most people would probably say like four and three or somewhere just slightly above 500. It was lost on me the fact that the Vikings are six and one. They get a win yesterday at home against the Arizona Cardinals. The Vikings are six and one. And look, another guy, if I polled the average fan and said, What are your thoughts on Kirk Cousins? Most of them would say, Oh, man, he's trash. He's not very good. He's got 11 touchdowns and five interceptions for the season. He's been much better this year, much more consistent this year. And frankly, if you take away a three-interception game against the Eagles, he's only got two interceptions in all the other games combined. So Cousins has been outstanding this year for a Minnesota team that's starting to pick up steam, and they get a weekend W because they get another big win. Oh, I hate to do this, but I got to give a weekend L to Nichols football. Nichols football is, is is not very good. And it's not something that we're used to saying in the Tim Rebo era. But Nichols is not very good. The Colonels go on the road and they take on Lamar this past weekend. It was a Lamar team that didn't have a win coming into the game. They were winless. Nichols falls 24-17 to to Lamar in that game. And Really were never in control. They were down fourteen to nothing in the second quarter and they never were in control. For the Colonels, the problems are multifaceted. Nichols isn't as good at the line of scrimmage as they were in years past. They're certainly not as good at under center as they were in years past. Defensively it's been a bit of a struggle. But Nichols is now two and seven on the year, and they're not going to be favored to win either of the last two games either. So it could be a two and nine year. And that's just not something we're used to in the Tim Rebo era where annually you're winning seven, eight, nine games, making the playoffs. That's just not something we're used to. A very big recruiting class for Coach Rebo and the staff try to get that thing turned around in short order. Weekend W goes to Hendon Hooker of the Tennessee Volunteers in a game where Tennessee was facing Kentucky and their supposed prospect quarterback, Will Levis. Let me tell you something here. This is about Hinden Hooker, so I'm not going to go too far into the weeds about this, but I see mock drafts all the time that have Will Levis going in the first round. If you're the team that picks Will Levis in the first round of the NFL draft, you are a glutton for punishment. Will Levis is not good, is not good. 13 touchdowns, eight interceptions in the college season. In conference games, he has more interceptions than touchdowns. This idea that that guy is going to go to the NFL, look, I, I said the same about Mitch Trubisky. I said the same about several of the other guys that get drafted. you like, what? I don't see it with this dude. I, I never saw it with this Like He's okay. He's a solid college quarterback, but a first-round NFL draft? Anyway, Hendon Hooker was 19 of 25, 245 yards, three touchdowns. He also rushed for a touchdown. What Tennessee does offensively is very complex. They run a zillion plays. They're constantly on the ball. They're trying to break you down. They're trying to wear you out. His ability to spread the ball out to different weapons, his ability to get everybody lined up, keep everybody pulling in the same direction, that's not easy. That's not easy. And he's played one hell of a season, and he's now the betting favorite to win the Heisman Trophy. He's got 21 touchdowns and one interception. Hooker, you are a beast. You got a weekend W. Weekend L goes to another former great college football quarterback. That'd be old Fabio, Trevor Lawrence with the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars lost again. They're now 2-6 and six on the year. I said it during the draft that I thought that Lawrence would be an okay NFL starter, but that the idea that teams would be tanking to get him was ludicrous through a year and a half. It, boy, looks like I was right on that one. In the last four games, Trevor Lawrence has had above 60% completions once. He's got two touchdowns and four interceptions in that span, and they've lost every one of the games. For the season, Lawrence, as we said, 10 touchdowns, six interceptions, 62% completions. He started off the year gangbusters playing exceptionally well, but since then he's fallen off of a cliff. And the old expression in his rookie year was all he doesn't have any help. He doesn't have any protection. He's only been sacked 12 times in eight games, which is not bad. At some point, you got to look at the person in the mirror. He's not playing well enough. He's not playing well enough. And I think the Jaguars are understanding now that they've got to maybe do a little more to help him because this idea that they were getting just a franchise quarterback and a guy that they could surround with anybody and have success, I don't think he's that type of player. I don't think he's that type of player at all. Patrick Peterson of the Minnesota Vikings gets a weekend W. He intercepted Kyler Murray yesterday. The running joke about Kyler Murray is that he's a video game nerd and that whenever Call of Duty drops an update, the Cardinals never win. And you see these stats on Twitter. Patrick Peterson intercepted Kyler Murray yesterday and then did a call-of-duty dance on the sideline after making the interception. Grade A, high-level trolling for you, Mr. Peterson. Your team is 6-1. and You get a weekend W. And for the Cardinals, oh my God, you guys have spent a boatload of money on a dude who's not panning out. The Cardinals are a bit of a mess so far this season. Weekend L goes to the New York football teams. That would be... The Giants, that would be the Jets, and hell, I'll even throw another one in there, Syracuse. All of them got their butts kicked this past week. Syracuse was in the top 25, get clobbered by Notre Dame. The Jets get clobbered yesterday, well not clobbered, but they get beat by the the Patriots 22-17 yesterday, and then the Giants get clobbered by Seattle. I don't care about the records, because the Giants are 6-2, and the Jets... Have a very strong record as well. The Jets are competing favorably in that division. I'll tell you their record as I pull it up right here. The Jets are 5-3. and three, So 6-2 and two and 5-3. and three. I don't care about any of that. No one fears the Giants or the Jets. No one. Not a single team in the NFL. The worst teams in the NFL right now. The teams that are absolutely at the bottom of the standings. The worst of the worst. Talking like the Steelers, the Texans. The Lions, on any given Sunday, those teams could beat the Giants or the Jets. Have they had nice starts to the year? Yeah, you bet. Have they played pretty well at times? Yeah, you bet. Are they a nice little feel-good story and a story that the league's making a bundle of money on because it's involving New York teams? Yeah, sure. Ain't a snowball's chance in hell any of them teams are going to be around beyond maybe one week of the playoffs. Jets have Zach Wilson behind center. He's terrible. The Giants have Daniel Jones behind center. He's terrible. and They both got exposed yesterday. Belichick's defense lit up the Jets like a candle. And then Seattle, of all teams, make the Giants look silly and take care of business there. Those teams do not have a chance in the grand scheme of things. Derrick Henry for the Titans gets our last W that we'll hand out. Um, Derrick Henry's a man, child, man. In today's NFL, where teams are wanting to throw, 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 spread the field, throw short, use our short passing game as a running game, the Titans annually bucked the trend. Derrick Henry yesterday, 32 carries, 219 yards, and two touchdowns. They started rookie Malik Willis with Ryan Tannehill out of the lineup. Willis only had 55 yards passing, but it didn't matter because Henry was doing enough to power them forward. Tennessee's 5-2. and two. Every year, the Titans put themselves in position Hadn't panned out in the postseason for them, but I don't think they have a great roster to be having these records that they have annually. They're five and two and they're in great shape. And Derrick Henry is a large part of that so far this season in seven games. He's got 755 yards rushing, which is second in the NFL. He's got seven touchdowns. Dude is a monster. He's 28. That's an <clears throat> excuse me. That's an age where running backs tend to start slowing down. He just keeps on speeding up. That dude is an animal back there in the backfield for the Titans. Let's catch a break. Our last break, I'll give you some betting picks. It is play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back with one more segment on KLEB.
1: The music on the bayou, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM.
7: Heather Hendricks here, your candidate for Lafourche Parish Judge Division A. Everyone votes in this race. From the Fouchon to the St. John community, up, down, and across the bayou. I've been your prosecutor for eight and a half years, trying over 100 jury and judge trials with federal, state, and local experience. Before practicing law, I was an eighth grade teacher in the public schools for 11 years. So remember, Heather Hendricks for judge. Early voting begins October 25th, and the election is November 8th, paid for by the committee to elect Heather Hendricks.
4: Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with.
2: There are a lot of reasons Tanner McGee spent the last seven years fighting for families in the legislature. But there are three that stand above the rest. Julia, Grace, and Kate. As a father of triplet girls, Tanner believes the most important things we can give our children is a loving home and a safe community. That's why he served in the legislature and why with over a decade of legal experience... Tanner McGee will be a judge our families can depend on. Pay for by the friends of Tanner McGee.
0: I'm just over here vibing, and listening to the riffs of the New World Order theme song, the NWO, back from WCW lore. It's play-by-play here on KLEB. I've got some betting picks for you all. Then we'll get out of here. Tomorrow, we've got Stan Gravois, Terrible, on General Tuesday. We'll be asking Stan about the LSU-Alabama matchup, as well as some high school stuff. We're going to ask Stan what he thinks about some of the matchups in Week 10. Tonight, Monday Night Football I like the Bengals. I think the Bengals are going to go on the road and beat the Browns. They're playing better. They're playing with a little more energy, a little more spirit. I think they'll take care of business. I also like tonight Joe Burrow. Primetime matchup. Burrow's going to be looking to shine. But I'm not taking the yards with Burrow. With Jamar Chase out of the lineup, I'm going to take completions. Over 23-and-a-half completions. I think they'll be keeping the ball uh, more inside, more under control, shorter passes. So I like Burrow to get the completions today and the Bengals to get the win. NBA tonight. (laughs) I like a parlay where I'm taking both the Nets and the Bucks to win. And then I also like tonight over 229 and a half for the Grizzlies and the Jazz. (laughs) And uh, let's see one more. I'll also take the Toronto Raptors minus three over the Atlanta Hawks. So those are the ones that I like today in the NBA. Uh, we want to thank our sponsors one more time for allowing us to be here it's been a good show here to open up the week on play by play we want to thank everybody for listening but we also want to thank these wonderful companies for partnering with us and joining our team the blue boot foundation bent's rv located on highway 90 in booty southland dodge and in homa industrial power systems for all your engine and generator needs because power's our middle name Do friend building materials got you covered for your roofing needs Buzz Off, the only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. Rouse's Market's Feels Like Home. Golden Motors, where Price is Priority, proudly supporting South Lafouche Athletics and community youth sports organizations. Friday night, we're at Vanderbilt, South Lafouche and Vanderbilt. Pre-game will begin 6.30, kickoff 7 o'clock. And we also want to thank these fine folks, 3T Oil, Lady of the Sea General Hospital, State Bank and Trust Company, Advanced Eye Institute, State Farm Agent Ashley Barrios, Danos, Golden Motors, Dufresne Building Materials, and Tanner McGee for Judge Court of Appeals, in addition to Thibodeau Regional Medical Center, Joe Septic Contractors, Terrebonne General Medical Center, Southland Dodge, Rouse's Markets, South Lafouche Bank, Rev, and last but not least, Heather Hendricks, candidate for Lafouche Parish Judge, Division A. I want to shout out to our friends at the French Food Festival before we wrap up. They had a wonderful ride this past weekend. Looked like there were some big crowds. After... A couple of years away with COVID and Ida. Uh, it was great to see them back. It was great to see our community starting to come back. You can knock a Cajun down, but you can never knock a Cajun out. And it was great to see that, the Acadia Music Festival and, you know, Chag Bay Festival. like All the different festivals all returned without a hitch. It's awesome to see the strength and unity in our community return. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll continue to talk some more high school football. I'll give you a rundown of those volleyball brackets. And in addition to that, Uh, We'll also have Stan tomorrow. You've been listening to Play by Play on KLEB. Have a wonderful rest of the day, everybody. God bless you all. Back same time tomorrow here on KLEB.
1: You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.